Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the SAP. It is your boy Dave Neal with Tasha Courtney. Yeah. We are coming to you live from the suburbs of Santa Monica, California. This is a CarCast episode. But, uh, you know, it's pretty much the same as a normal podcast. We're just literally pulled over in the shade because um, we got a busy day. Yeah, very busy. We had to go to a friend's one-year-old birthday party. This is fun. Hey, those L.A. folks raging out there. One-year-old Easter birthday party. Yeah, that was a good time, huh? Which a bunch of... You know, people that decide to have kids. Hey, you gotta have kids. And then we go, oh, what's the best part of having kids? And what does he do? He goes, I haven't slept in seven months. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, oh, boy. What's wrong? Crazy feedback. Jeez. All right. I'm back. I'm good. Leave it. The show must <laughs> go on. Yeah, this was the most um, the most uh, dynamic 24 hours, right? We went from a 420 uh, weed event to a one-year-old's birthday party, sober. Yeah, Easter egg hunt. Easter egg hunt. We went from eating nuggets of weed to hunting for plastic eggs in the backyard. This was a total blast. This is what happens in your 30s, folks. This is it. You got to make a decision. Are you going to have a family or not? So far, we got a dog, right? Does this? Does anything about seeing these people with their children make you want to have a kid? Sometimes, yeah. What part makes you want to have a kid? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, like, seriously, I don't know. But I do. I like, I, you know what I want, babe? I want a house. Can you give me a house? We're please? talking children, not houses. Yeah, but it's all the same package. Yeah, but do you want a house it's with like a kid smearing its shit everywhere? No. I'm going to have better behaved children than that. Which also means that we cannot live in L.A. with kids. Because they will be corrupted by all the douchey kids. So many douchey kids with flat-brimmed hats running around with shirts that say obey. It's like, no, you obey, Trevor. No joke, babe. I'm not joking, and I can't believe you didn't hear this. I heard one of the children, they were talking about, I think, like what's going to be in the Easter eggs, and one kid goes, a $10,000 Rolex watch. I'd want to hang that kid by his ankle. <laughs> Just hang him upside down. Just a little, little bit Where of light torture. Even, I didn't even know what a Rolex was until last year. Yeah. I don't know. Where do these kids hear You know what the wild stuff? part was is, I don't want to say, these are our friends we're talking about, so I don't want to shit talk their names, but the friend that we're talking about that just had a baby, she was uh, she was one of the models on um, the Howie Mandel show. What was the show called? No, she wasn't. Yes, she was. No. Yes, she was. No, she da- wasn't. Tasha, I'm telling you she was. She held the briefcase on the fucking TV show. Who? I'm not going to say her name. The one we were talking to. My point is, is now we oh, got to watch her sh- breastfeed. Oh, I thought you were talking about the girl hosting Cherub. the party. No, okay. I'm not talking about Cherub. I'm talking about Joni. We're using her names. Joni was on, uh, what's, the, what's the show called? How Mandel had a show Deal called no like Deal, Deal or No just Deal. just came back. But the girls, the models that were in LA during that time that were on that show, they made freaking bank. Well, I my point is, is that I used to idolize the chicks that are on this show. You watched this show because there was gorgeous women on the show, and now we're trying to maintain eye contact with them as they start breastfeeding. It's just a, the the world hits you fast, is my point. <laughs> Life hits you fast. One second you're tugging one off to a bunch of chicks with briefcases, like some weird, you know, corporate oh, HR. I'm just Dave. I'm just saying they're not there because of for any other reason. They're holding a briefcase. Howie points to them. Hey, number twenty four, and they open the briefcase, and then they look down at the briefcase to see if they're one of the winners. That's it. I'm not saying that they're not pleasant people. But also, Meghan Markle was a briefcase. Meghan girl. Markle. Now she's a freaking royalty or whatever she is. I also worked with her on a show when I when I worked uh, stand-in, which 
clearly um, her career took off more than mine. <laughs> I, I thought she was going to want to date me, but no. She went for the little ginger, the little Prince of Wales. Uh, oh I probably got a big dick. I got that ginger dick. She missed out. She could be living in a studio apartment in Silver Lake. Yeah. But instead, what does she get? A castle? <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to be, little prince of England? Uh, oh, and so, so yeah, so, no, what, what, so, so anyway, I just thought, you know, it's, it's interesting when your worlds, you know, complete their full circle, like we're going from being a, all uh, of our friends, a though. model on, uh, what's that Hank Williams Jr. All my rowdy friends have settled down. That's what's happening to us. We've settled, but we've settled down in our own way. You know what I mean? Like we're still pursuing our sure, own things. Well, I, I guess for me, I've always been like sort of a settled down person. Basically, since I got to L.A. After my first two years in L.A., I became a settled down person. With, like no more wild parties, blah, blah, blah. But like literally all of our friends are engaged or married or having babies. And what are we doing, babe? You're really leaving me but hanging out to dry. Why do you freak out about this? Freak out? We're building a podcast empire. Subscribe, oh. rate, and review. If Guys, we- get out there and join the Patreon for fuck's sake. <laughs> You see what I got to deal with here? Jesus Christ, $8 a month. Do something. <laughs> hey, Sophia, how are you? Congrats. Lucky Patreon number 13. We got Sophia Thank from you, Sophia, Iowa. What's going on in Iowa? I'm just saying, babe, it's going to take a lot more patrons for us to like be able to afford well, let a me, house. Let's do some observations. How good looking are our patrons? Really good looking. We have 13 of some of the most beautiful souls that have decided to donate to us. We just broke the $100 a month mark. And I know what you're wondering out there. Why do we need to do? Why? Uh, what is it? Why drink the milk when the cow fucks you for free? How does it? What's the saying? What's the What's the saying? Why would you buy the cow when you can get the milk for free? Well, clearly you were asking yourself that because the cow. We don't need any calves with us. Is my point. We don't need little cows running around. We need little dogs. Yeah, we're trying to get a dog. Here's what we're trying to do, folks. This is what the Patreon's all about. We're doing a couple extra episodes a month. And by the way, Tasha, have you listened to these episodes I'm doing with Jonesy? No. This is the fucking real deal. Jonesy and I are onto something. So if you guys uh, remember, Jonesy, he actually has one of the higher downloaded uh, episodes that we've done this year. Jonesy uh, runs his own podcast called- The one where I was stoned for the first hour. Yeah. So it turns out we get great ratings when (laughs) Tasha's high and just- (laughs) Can't talk. (laughs) (laughs) My dream, just pop her in edible. You got to drug your girlfriends, guys. Every once in a while, you just got to sedate them. You know what I mean? They need to make a dehumidifier that you can control from your phone, like a little app. And they're like, oh, honey, <laughs> what's that smell? Oh, that's just jasmine and uh, ketamine. That's <laughs> jasmine and ketamine. No, ketamine. A little horse tranquilizer. Right, okay. You know what I mean? But by the way, you have something in your teeth and it's just bothering me. It's by right the way, there. you have a unibrow and it's bothering wow. me. Wow. You said you're going to wax it before you wow. went home. Babe, I'm trying to grow a unibrow so the girls stop hitting on me so you don't get jealous. Oh, is that what it is? That's the key. I'm flying to New York tonight, everybody. That's why we're in Santa Monica. I got to go to... Tasha's going to drive me to the... Air. No, you're, you're going to... We We went to the stupid party. I got to go to New York, catch a red eye, get there at 8 a.m. I'm going to record a podcast tomorrow with Chrissy Mayer. She's a stand-up comedian that I've just known from Jersey. She uh, runs like a gay show at the Stonewall Inn. You know, that's like the cool. trans, you know, transgender place in Greenwich Village where they do a bunch of drag dancing. Sounds drag. awesome. I was going to say drag racing. Drag, drag. What's it called? Drag performance? Drag? Drag shows. Drag shows. Is that what it's called? Drag shows? Yeah. Anyway, so she'll probably be the next episode unless one of us cancels and bails on each other uh, because that's going to be torture, getting in at 8 a.m., 
getting getting up to the apartment in New York and then uh, having to and and it's really sad too because I stay at my old apartment which my buddy Doug Key, past podcast guest, has been renting out for five years. But it's like now he's getting rid of it. So my whole life is, my whole life is, it's going to officially end the chapter of that life that, you know, has ended. But, you know, I still have a futon yeah, I crash have, on. Like, one toe in the sand. One broken dead toenail in the sand of that old beach. But it's kind of sad because I always thought like I like when the time was right, I'd have the money and resources to like rent that place out again. Like I, like I just love the idea of having a New York pad for us. You know what I mean? Yeah, me too. So it doesn't mean it can't happen. It's just that's still an idea. When's but it going to happen, Dave? It's, but so the audience is wondering why you're putting this pressure on me. That's what they're 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 hearing. No, they're wondering what they're wondering is why I'm sticking around. Why are you sticking around? Uh, because I'm too lazy to start over. <laughs> One of br- these days, I'm going to get too fed up, though. But what do you... what Start over how? What part of this life is not... Is it is it seeing your friends like... Um, yeah, because here's the thing. You know, a lot of a lot of our friends... A lot of our friends that we have in L.A., they're, they got their homes from their parents or like they married wealthy. Like what do you, you know what I mean? Like we're, it, it is a bad, we're the, we're the first generation that's making less than our parents. Like don't put the blame on me. It's, it's a fucking grind out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's with smart choices and defined goals and a plan, you can break out of those limitations. Yeah. But we got I the Patreon going. That's a start. That's a smart choice. Five years later. Five years of a of a podcast that you know what has provided some joy. Can I read you an email that we got? Yeah, I would love that. Now this email, uh, folks, was actually written to me last month, but um, I don't think it's going to make much of a difference because I think she started listening to the podcast from the beginning. These people are crazy to me. The folks that listen, like we're at, this is what episode three thirty three. What are you gonna start watching a TV show in season five? No, you start from the beginning. What are you gonna read Harry Potter number four and start from there? No, you start from the beginning. Hi, Dave and Tasha. What are we gonna call her? Let's um, let's call her um, uh, Amanda. Hi, Dave and Tasha. I discovered your podcast a few months ago, and I've been listening to each episode from the very beginning, and I'm currently caught up to episode two sixty eight. Wow. Which is what, probably a, a year and a half or two years ago? She's she's in like 2017. Hopefully over a year later, people... What if we were like broken up by the time she gets to the finish line? She's writing in thinking we're still together. She doesn't even know. Anyway. I mean, I guess it could happen. Hopefully over a year later, people are still writing in and you are still reading and responding to emails. I desperately need some relationship advice. I will try and narrow down the situation as briefly as I can, which, by the way, always means it's about to be the longest <laughs> four page email. <laughs> so I'm going to try my best to really get to it. I'm out of breath. I'm literally just sitting here. Why? I'm burping. One of my friends, actually ex-friends with benefits, had about a month or so ago linked me and his friend together. Uh, the new guy, well, let's call him Jeff, had just gotten out of engagement and needed to get out more and just take his mind off things and have some fun. And when I commented on the first guy's Instagram photo of the two of them saying how good looking Jeff was, something I've never done before, Jeff reached out to me and we started talking and connecting so quickly. Interesting. She's becoming a, um, what's it called? A uh, matchmaker. No, what's it called when you fucked the, both guys? 
th- that makes them what Eskimo Eskimo, Eskimo Bros. Brothers. Yeah, uh, Dan and uh, Jeff are Eskimo brothers. Um, ah, fuck, I used his name. Uh, Jeff reached out to me. Okay, uh, Jeff reached out to me, and we started talking and connecting so quickly. I've had a rough dating life where nothing ever seems to work out. My last relationship almost mirrored his failed engagement with the way things ended, and we were able to bond over what we were missing, and both wanted in a partner. And it was so refreshing to have someone to be able to be so honest with and his honesty in return shocked me because I've never talked to a man that was so in touch with his feelings. Well, then you haven't talked to me because I will cry letting you know how I'm feeling. We continued talking and decided to spend a weekend together in downtown and we both figured going into this would kind of just be like a hookup, nothing serious, no feelings involved because of how fresh his breakup was. Just uh, go out and have a fun time together and go our separate ways. Well, we both ended up so wrong. That first weekend was so amazing and we could feel an instant chemistry and bond to each other. We continue talking every every day and things uh, have been progressing quickly, spending as many weekends together as we can. I normally work business hours and he works third shifts, so seeing each other during the week isn't an option. So on to my struggle, dot, dot, dot. <clears throat> He has been very open about his feelings toward me, that he likes me, could see this leading to something, etc. but also very open about his fears with being so fresh out of a relationship. And I have always said to him from the start that I did not want to catch feelings for him because I figured he will want to do the single life thing after getting out of a five-year relationship, and he will not want to be tied down to another girl right away. But unfortunately, you can't help how you feel, and I'm falling for him fast." He is absolutely beautiful and such an amazing person that it's impossible not to fall for him. Oh, very nice. Uh, See, guys who share their emotions are very attractive. Take notes out there, folks. He has brought out a side I didn't know I had. Finally, this weekend, I verbalized that I do like him back, but also understand his situation, and I'm willing to give him time to figure things out and whatnot. This was Saturday night. We had an amazing night after that and things seemed so right that means she came twice uh then when we woke up sunday morning i could feel an immediate shift Uh, that's because there's come on the sheets and he had to shift away from the come moving on he said he was in a mood uh boy nothing like young relationship sex right tasha remember that relationship sex where you didn't know what the other person wanted and you're like should i try this Versus now it's like, I'm going to hit these buttons. I'm going to hit those buttons. It's just robotic. <laughs> robotic. <laughs> boop, 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 <laughs> He said he was in a mood. We really sell this relationship. He said he was in a mood and it had nothing to do with me. He suffers from depression. Wait. Oh, oh, it was a bad shift. Okay, we're getting to a bad shift. Oh, boy. He said he was in a mood and it had nothing to do with me. He suffers from depression and is seeing a therapist. He said it was just about his mother's health and things within himself and that I shouldn't be concerned, but I couldn't help but feel like it was my confession of my feelings that maybe made this situation all of a sudden too real for him. I brought it up later in the day on Sunday and he said that he absolutely likes me and cares about me, but will probably need to go on other dates. This instantly crushed me hearing that. It was something I have always said to him and knew what happened, but he always told me that that wouldn't be the case. But here it was in my face, out of his mouth. But that's like almost like self-fulfilling prophecy. Like why would you even put that into the ether for that being a possibility? Well, let's see what happens next. All right. However... Oh, hold on. However, he then instantly backtracked and said that he probably wouldn't go on other dates and all he needed is time. And if it wasn't bad timing, I would be his girlfriend right now, etc. So I am That's so... such 
confused. Whenever I yell, it's a, it's because she's writing all caps. So, uh, so I am so confused on what to do and where to go from here and what he needs from me. I know his feelings for me are more than something simple. He has talked to his friends about me, therapist about me, mom about me, etc. So I know it's not something little for him. We have made a lot of future plans together for things to do this summer. Going to the Browns Steelers games together in the fall. He's a Steelers fan and I'm a Browns fan. Go uh... Patriots! P-A-T-R-I-O. That's not a chant. So I know I am <laughs> probably just overreacting and I have been reading way too much into every little thing he says or doesn't say now and I just need help. I need someone from an outside perspective to tell me what they see. I need someone to tell me how to refrain from over-texting because I'm always afraid if I don't stay in contact, he will think I am over him. How to not creep on social media and care if he liked something on Instagram but hasn't texted me back yet, etc. How do people know that? <sighs> How can you see if someone liked something on Instagram? You can see what they liked. You can see what someone else likes. Is I mean, it involves a little bit of stalking. Yeah. I am just a complete ball of emotions. I have had an insane dating life, so I turn into a mess when I'm in the limbo stage of, we like each other, but aren't official. He also says he doesn't want to do the man whore being single thing, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> I like this person right in. She's like labeling things very clearly. He doesn't want to be the man whore being single things. He did that a lot in his early 20s. He used to ride BMX and had plenty of fun. And he says he wants his next thing to be the last thing, something serious. But I just can't help but feel like ever since I told him how I was feeling, he has pulled back. And I don't know if I should respond by acting the same or also pulling back or what. I am so sorry. I know I said I was going to make it brief. and I just wrote you a novel, but I'm desperate on where to go from here. I never expected any of this to come from a stupid Instagram comment. I wasn't prepared to have these emotions and I've been terrified the past few days of what is going to happen. Thank you guys so much for your podcast. It has helped me so much. I found it right after my last breakup and it has been a saving grace in my life. Three exclamation marks. Love you both. And I really hope to hear from you. Six exclamation marks, Amanda. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot from an Instagram comment, but that's the world we live in. You take yeah. your shot on Instagram, next thing you know, you show your cards, and why is it the first person who shows their hand always regrets it? Well, but that's the thing. They were both showing their hands. Like, obviously, when you're, like, getting along, having chemistry, having sleepover dates, like, you know there's something there. It's almost like... Well, I guess when you say show your hands, it's like admitting, like, I'm into you. But, like, duh, we already knew that they're both into each other. Here's the thing. If he, she's, she's putting out there, oh, you might not be ready for blah, blah, blah. Well, don't, one, don't put that idea in his head. But two, like, actions, actions all the way. Actions more than words. So, like, you've got to understand that this guy's actions are going to tell you how he's feeling. So if he's calling you all the time, he's texting all the time, he's wanting to make plans, then he's into you. If you're doing the calling, if you're doing the texting, if you're making the plans, you're the one into them. So my advice to her would be pull back immediately. Like I know that he said like, pull oh, out. that I might want to go on some other dates and then immediately backtracked and said, I don't want to go on other dates. Well, like, if he is saying things that are conflicting, she needs to be paying attention to what he's doing to understand what he really thinks and what he really means. Tasha, this advice is really good. I know. This is really good advice. I know. It's crazy. I have like a relationships podcast. <laughs> Can I subscribe to it? Do you have a Patreon? <laughs> Look, yeah, you're right. And the thing is, is like, we don't know. We're just like 
imprints from past relationships and it's it's like its own level of PTSD. So you don't know. He maybe he's been with people that are super insecure or super and, clingy. Yeah, and that's a real thing. That's you know that men have to deal with, or you know women I'm sure have to deal Girls with as well. Have to deal with that too, but yeah. there's all yeah the, the insecurity that comes along with when you're not getting. I'll give Tasha. I'll give you this credit because I've I, I've had to take a lot of inventory of past relationships where where um, where women have left things out and. When someone leaves something out, you are forced to become the detective. And when you become like law and order SVU, like starting to ask, you know, dudes, like, have you seen this guy? When you start to like have to investigate, you become the crazy stalker. So when someone from the opposite sex isn't fulfilling their their end of the communication, it Not can being lead. Forthcoming. Yeah, it can lead to like you know, like my past relationship where I'm still dealing with ripples from from. Not the actual relationship, but from being left hanging on certain things, like not knowing, like, are you done with the other guy? And I've had to deal with you, Tasha, where like I've brought that into this relationship where like where you want your ex to watch the dog. And I'm thinking, oh, great. Fuck this guy. But to you, it's just like a guy to walk the dog. But to me, it's like I've lived this scenario before I get fucked at the end of it. You know what I mean? So like that's what one of my triggers is. That's called baggage. Yeah, it's called baggage, but the point is is that when someone when people in your past let you down, that's what you've you kind learned. Of, yeah, it's a, well, that's like an evolutionary thing, right? Like you get you put your hand on the hot stove once you get burned, you never do it again. Like you fuck a couch, it feels good, ew. but there's friction and you got a bloody underdick. So I've been told. So uh, this so she wrote in a month ago, and so sorry, Amanda, that we haven't responded. But um, it's actually uh, pretty good that this is the uh, the episode we're responding because this actually goes in it goes well with um, something that I read online. I'll put I'll put this article Wait, in the description. Wait, can I finish giving advice? Yeah, please give advice. This is going to go into the advice, but keep going. Okay, so we heard pullback. If a month has passed, we probably already know the outcome of this. She's not going to get to this till twenty twenty one. Bernie will be president by the time. That's true. Yeah, she's still 100 episodes away from Trump's, getting her answers. Trump's in year seven. You should write her back and just tell her that we gave her answers in this episode so that she can listen. I'll let her know. Yeah, I'll let her know. Episode 333, I believe that's what this... I'm going to I'm gonna double check that this is 333. Anyway, give your advice there. Advice, girl. You're killing Pull it. Pull back, baby. Pull back. Give him the space and the freedom to go on those other dates if that's what he wants or needs and be completely hands off about it. Don't be calling. Don't be texting. Don't be Instagram stalking. Should be she be content- firing up the Tinder on her end? Not, I don't know. Whatever. But live in her life. She should I be say doing fire up the old vibrator like fun and free and feminine that she loves to do and living her life and having a good time and just be safe in your knowing that if it's meant to be, If he is truly into you and like, why would you like, don't even get hung up on the possibility that, oh, he might actually, he might be seeing someone else and blah, blah, blah. You don't want to be, you don't want to get invested in a relationship with somebody who's not 100%. She, he says that he wants this next one to be the one. Well, don't you want that too? You don't want like a frivolous relationship that doesn't have any like lasting potential because you're just setting yourself up to be hurt. So 
step back completely. Let him take the lead. Put the ball in his court. If he is feeling like he kind of wants to see what out, what's out there, he's going to go see what's out there. If he suddenly feels your absence and is like, oh, shit, what have I done? I need to commit to this girl. Then, hey, there you go. Win-win. But, like, but it's y- not a game. It's a, something you actually have to do. Right. You have to be willing to not to to let him go because the timing's not right you know you have to be willing and that's kind of a lot of times it's hard sometimes it's just the wrong time and in a month or in a year it could be the right time but either way there's no sense getting off on the wrong foot you got you just want that's the problem is they got off in the first place they went from an instagram comment to you know clearly they had the sex was good right the oh, sex yeah, has to be good. They obviously have lots of chemistry. And I think that what she needs to do is just step back. Because it sounds like he's really into her. But it sounds like he's a little bit unsure about the fact that he's really into her. Like he's you got to turn the car off. Why? It's, it's giving me this crazy feedback. <sighs> it was. Yeah, it made all this noise. Anyway. Can stay, I open stay, this? Yeah, sure. Stay with us, folks. Um, but the I've, you interrupted me. Well, the car interrupted the you. Car. Give me, I lost my Jesus Christ, thought. folks. We can't even give advice without getting through. I just want to get some air, babe. No, I hear you. Get some air. But I lost my train of thought. What, what was I saying? You were saying how you need to, you need to not just pull like, out. It sounds like he's really into her, but maybe he's a little hesitant to jump right into something. So she needs to give him the space and the opportunity to miss her so that he is sure that he wants to jump into this next thing. Did you ever worry about that stuff with me? That like I wasn't ready or that like I was coming off. What are you, you laughing were for? chasing me so hard that never even crossed my mind. Are you for real? So what? So so you never thought you never questioned my intentions? No. And come on, babe. I'm such a catch. I never quit. well, I never I never thought that you were avoiding me or anything. You were kind of clingy. Talk about clingy. We'd go on a hike and then you'd be like, let's get coffee, and then coffee's over, and I'd be like, so I'm gonna go. And you'd be like, Ugh, fine. I'd be like, okay. Yeah, you were you were you were sending the I wasn't just running for no reason. You were sending the signals, okay? All right. Anyway, um, Maybe I just wanted someone to hang out with. The fuck's going on with this shit? Can hey, you guys hear that stuff? Well, I got relax? wires everywhere. You can't hear you what's in my got ears. You your phone. You shouldn't have your phone right there. Anyway, what's important to know is that look, Amanda, and I want to get off. Uh, get off. Uh, just talking to you, Amanda. But um, this is uh, yeah. You gotta. You gotta really uh, look. The codependency and the love addiction and all that. I understand it. Trust me. And it happens when you don't have a complete full schedule for yourself. So you need to get out there and like join a fucking bowling league and make sure you're still connected with your girlfriends and do all the things that you need to do that if this guy doesn't work out, you don't have all your eggs in the basket. Do you understand? So like I know that's hard to say. You're going to be hanging on every word. But find activities to do where you put your phone away and let them know. Like, look, I'm not playing games with you, but I just got other shit to do. I know you need your space. He either comes running back to you or he doesn't. And the time he needs to recover from a five-year relationship might be a few weeks. It might be a month. It might not be much time. You know, you can't, you, you, don't, you don't know what he needs. The best way to get over somebody is to get under somebody, so. Tasha. It's true. Get under them, like, sexually, like a bottom? What do you mean? Is that what you're talking about? Absolutely. Why do I have to spell this out for you? Wow, it's pretty crass from you, is what I'm saying. Are you ready for this? This is a big article. Are you, are you listening? Are you ready? Okay. How threat emotions cause us to misread our partner. The mindset of anxiety and anger. 
I'm going to say that again. How threat guys listen up. This is big. This was an article written um, in 2012, and I'm going to link to you to you guys because this is one of the. I think this is one of the best articles for anybody, especially our generation, who's in a relationship with anybody, needs to know how threat emotions cause us to misread our partner. Because so many times, Tasha, we'll fight over something, and look, you can't be a mind reader, but I'm telling you, my intentions and my what I want is so misread by you, and I'm not targeting you i'm saying there's in a relationship there's there's a time when fights happen where emotions are scrambled and they're received in a negative way when the intention wasn't negative at all happens all the time right right sure give me an example well the examples are latest spat where i was where i wanted nothing but good things and and it and it didn't come across that way and and a lot of times uh, my own sort of desire to be helpful to be constructive to be to put a plan in place is kind of considered criticism and it's an and, it, and it's received negatively so it doesn't mean that you're wrong for receiving that way it doesn't mean i'm right for offering also it. your lack of listening skills sorry what was that exactly i'm kidding <laughs> you're so <laughs> still get you five years later and anyway, so the point is is that triggers right we talk about triggers we talk about uh situations where either one of us is heightened anxiety we have an audition i got a stand-up show you're running late uh you know it's the day we're flying out i mean how many times have we have we had to catch a flight in your fucking ape shit Be- or like or i've called the uber because you said you're ready and then you're not and i'm like babe we gotta go and in me i'm doing the right thing i'm trying to get us in the fucking uber so we can get to the event on time but you're like ah! Everyone's eardrums just blew out. No, I, I know how to play with a microphone. I separated. But you literally sound like a dinosaur. You growled at me last night. But I can laugh at that because I know you're just like feeling your shit, whatever. But there are situations where I'm not prepared to deal with the response you're about to give me. And, it, and it's one of those like, you know, you see two dogs that are playing, right? And one of them sniffs the other dog the wrong way. Next thing, you know, it's like instant reptilian bullshit now that's not a psychological term instant reptilian bullshit but that's what it is when we fight sometimes i might say or do something that i have no idea that an ex did the same thing or something like that to manipulate you you know what i mean just like if if you're if you're not responding, if you're on a dinner date with your girlfriends and your phone's in your purse and you're not responding, I'm like, well, fuck this bitch because I respond to her and and you know I get all jealous over nothing. You know how many times has it happened where like things have literally kept me up all night that you didn't think twice of, that you're like, oh my gosh, Dave, I'm so sorry, I had no idea that like that bothered you so much. I'd be like, fucking right, it did. Because like I'm just imprinted the way I am, and I don't want anyway. The point is I don't want us to apologize for who we are, but I want us to at least know why we act the way we do. Uh, just how well do we read our intimate partners? As long as we are composed, we're generally pretty good at it. But whenever our threat emotions, i.e., anxiety and anger, are triggered, accuracy goes right out the window. You know what I mean? So like when we're good, we're good. That's the thing I always lean towards in a, in our relationship. I'm like, look, when we're good, we can talk. But boy, when we are bad, you are a fart's distance away from me. You are not coming near me. No matter where I go, you're going to turn around and walk the other way. And I'm not blaming you, but I'm just saying it's interesting that when we talk about anxiety and anger that that it's triggered by the things that I'm not it's I don't even want to be at the place where we 
avoid the triggers. I just want us to acknowledge them. I think it's important. Emotion-driven misinterpretations spell trouble for relationships. They lead to escalating accusations, disappearing trust, and constricting hearts. If only we could recognize how emotions shape perceptions, we could restore close connections with our partner. That's the aim of this primer. The alerted brain. Running unconsciously in the background, our brain has an alarm system alert for threats to physical and and psychological needs. At the instant we register a threat, a host of coping responses commence. Cortisol and adrenaline are secreted. Breathing and heart rate quicken, sending oxygen and sugar to our limbs to ready us for fight or flight. Neural activities increases in the brain's limbic section, generating threat-countering emotions and additional interpretations of danger. These processes work together and impact one another. Thoughts directly affect emotions, a link that is a focus of cognitive therapy. The equally important reverse direction, how threat emotions influence our thinking, is the subject this article addresses. So basically... What it's saying is the function of anxiety and anger is to vis- viscerally warn of a danger so that we take self-protective measures. So the idea behind what triggers us is good. It's good that we get triggered if we think we see a spider or a snake or something that has been imprinted in our DNA in the past that is a threat. But what we learn, what what we learn from past relationships in the negative is that we become triggered by different things. Tasha, you become triggered when. Uh, I'm trying to set my foot down on certain situations. Probably has something to do with your parents. You know, my way of the highway type of shit. You don't do well with my way of the highway type of shit. You don't. Agree or disagree? I have really good ideas, so I kind of need you to see my point of view. Okay. But you've probably been controlled in the past by people, and that's something that doesn't work well in our communicating. Like, I need to learn how to see your ideas without saying this is the way it has to be done like what we have to what was that other test we took that um one of our listeners recommended oh jeez i don't know do you remember the name of it it was good though yeah well we're gonna have to do a full episode on that um anyway misinterpreting our partner do you like this is this yeah. interesting to you yeah this is interesting. all right misinterpreting our partner when we're anxious angry or hurt because here's the thing we both know our relationship could have failed a million different times based on these types of things. And I'd like to look at it in a way where it's like, look, just because we've are fucked up from our past doesn't mean we don't owe it to ourselves to find uh, the better way to communicate, whether it's with each other or business partners or parents in the future, we need to learn the ways we're set off. I mean, I get so fucking mad if I'm trying to tell you a story and you're scrolling through your phone. I go fucking nuts. I do think it's disrespectful, but I do take it in another way where I'm just like, hey, what the, f-? you know what I mean? Like I take it to the next level. Yeah, I'm so disrespected. Yeah, because you insist on being the center of attention 24 hours a day. That's the thing that you don't understand is like you can't come home from work and then expect me to just be like at your beck and call, whatever you need. Like you got to understand that I am also busy living my own life too. And I've got my own priority for the moment or my own thing going on right now. I totally understand. Yeah. Turn the car back on. So we get the power here. I totally understand that, but it doesn't, how would you, how would you diagnose me? Like diagnose me? Why do, why do I want to be the center of retention? You've met my family. You've seen that, like... Your p- family does not pay any attention <laughs> to you. <laughs> right? Your family's not picking you up from the airport. I gotta get a fucking rental car! Patreon.com slash the sap. That's T-H-E-S-A-P. I gotta spend 250 bones! I haven't seen my family since October. 
coming home for my birthday and I got to get a rental car because my mom, you know, they run a business and she, she knows if one of my brothers comes and picks me up from the airport, he's taking time away from the business. It's like, I get it. I get no one, no one wants to be in Boston at 6am on a Thursday. Hey, anyone out there want to drive us? I'm kidding. I got a car, but yeah, yeah, no, but that's right. I mean, it's, and it doesn't mean that they don't do well, but come on. I was raised as a kid uh, with a single mom who worked full time and like, yeah, hey, come home come home. I got shit to tell you. I was five years old. Like, all right, mom, settle down. Hear about my day. Anyway. So, so anyway, so I think, I think what you're saying is you have a little bit of an empathy for, for who I am today. (laughs) I'm like putting words in your mouth. Uh, (laughs) Misinterpreting our partner when we're anxious, angry, or hurt because we're profoundly dependent on our partner for basic psychological needs. We're easily triggered in intimate relationships. Nowhere else do we feel quite so attached or rejected, quite so respected or undervalued. Whenever these needs seem jeopardized, our limbic system can flare and anxiety, anger, and hurt arise. Such emotions dramatically color our interpretations whereby we automatically and often erroneously tend to view our partner as untrustworthy, uncaring, unfair, or disrespectful. Those are all things you feel when you're pissed at me. If you think about this... Man. Can I reread this? This brief? No, I understood. I don't need you to reread it. Could I be healthier if you would just step up your game a little bit? Now that puts a lot of um, onus on me. My cortisol, <laughs> my limbic system, babe. Yeah, but you. But you. I asked you to clean the desk. I said make it perfect. <laughs> There's shit all over the desk, babe. You're leaving town. I'm listen, about to drop listen, you we're to the do airport. A- and that, but that's the thing. If I can't trust you to do it right, I'm having limbic system spikes all the time, babe. Don't use these per- have- don't use these words. This is what women do. They hear a word one time and they remember it for life. She doesn't remember any story I tell her, but now she knows what a limbic systems are. The fuck is this shit? Look, yeah, we're dependent on our partner for these psychological needs and we're triggered in intimate relationships. This was this is what makes me wonder because you're such a bubbly person when you meet people and this and that and even as friends we're super bubbly, but since we've gotten intimate and it really like has happened since the day we became intimate. Do you know what I mean? Since we kind of crossed that threshold, if you will, um the triggering is insane. So anyway, what? yeah, yeah, no, I'm Give saying me an example. it's insane. No, no, no. Look, I mean, I'm reading it right here. If you are partners, untrustworthy, uncaring, unfair, or disrespectful. I mean, how many times are we fighting where like you put all of that shit onto me when like we're not on the same page? And it's like I've done nothing but invest the last half decade of my life in trying to make you not feel those things. So then I feel like as the guy, as the gentle soul podcast guru, guru that I am. How do you think I feel knowing you see me as untrustworthy, disrespect, all these things? I'm like, no, no, no. I come home with the, you know, plantains. I come home with the flowers from the guy at the 101, you know, exit. I come home with the taco truck from Vermont Street. Like, I come home with all these things. And then even even with that, sometimes I still trigger you to feel all these feelings. You know what I mean? So the point isn't... I, I, but what I, are those? Disrespected... Yeah, disrespected, uh, untrustworthy, uncaring, unfair, and it's well, like when you don't listen to me, I feel un- that it's uncaring. When you 
are shouting all of your ideas at me without listening to mine. I feel like it's unfair when you don't do things that I ask you to do or you make me nag you to do things that you should just already know to do. I feel disrespected. Because you've put what all of this. What was the fourth one? Uh, well, there's, I mean, unfair, disrespectful, untrustworthy, and untrustworthy and uncaring <laughs> yeah but the point is the point isn't well don't do those things and i won't feel that way the point is let's acknowledge how we're triggered and let's remember and i'm talking to you f- fine folks out there in our audience let's remember the generosity and the love that the other uh, that our partner has for us so that when we do feel these triggered we go i know my limbic system's flaring and you can tell me hey babe you're flaring up my limbics guys some flary limbics happening and I'm go, oh, baby, I'm sorry. You know, I trust you. You know, I'm trustworthy and caring and respect. And we have to remember these gentle things because we're putting ourselves in this basic reptilian bullshit moment. But we don't need to be. We're not at war with each other. Do you know what I mean? Now, if this happens every day for the rest of your life, if someone's triggering your limbic system every day, get rid yeah, of them. get rid of them. And, and don't get me wrong. Should I get rid of you? Well, you, tri- you trigger my limbic <laughs> system pretty darn often. When we feel anxious or angry, we're certain there's a legitimate basis. Anxiety, and this is the thing. You're a rational person. But when we're fighting, you want to break up every single time. And that's okay. That's okay with me. I, I'm at the point now where I, I'm not saying I don't take your feelings into concern. I'm shedding tears. I'm writing you love letters. I'm 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 really trying to engage with you, but I'm also I'm also going. I'm not saying I'm not saying this that I feel like you're crying wolf. I'm just going. I and I and I'm sure a lot of men here agree with me. I'm making this I'm making this about genders. A lot of men agree with me. Where sometimes you have to ride out this emotional roller coaster that is being. A woman. I mean, I can't relate to you, but I just know that it is a eight second ride on a bull sometimes. And I just got to ride it out because I have the ability to make it a lot worse and make it last a lot longer if I try to combat you when your limbics are all flared up. Anxiety is nature's indicator that peril lurks. When it appears, we're convinced in our gut that we're in danger. Oh my God. Our relationship is in peril. Just hold on. The emotional, the emotion itself is regarded as proof that a bona fide peril exists. If I feel upset with my partner, she or he must have done something. But that's not necessarily the case. While the experience of anxiety or anger is indisputably real, the cause we attribute may or may not be. We're fully capable of feeling anxious even when our partner's actions have nothing to do with danger. Here's an example. Donna, Donna got a text from a male customer. When Gareth noticed, he immediately became anxious. He took his fear as evidence there was a romantic interest in her life here's another one (laughs) i love these names anytime juanita got suspicious she believes this was a sign that alvaro was up to something fishy she was certain her intuitive sixth sense correctly detected his wrongdoings you know what i mean it's about using like well well i've i caught someone cheating on the past so i must be right it's like you know no bullshit when we feel hurt we believe it was intended when we feel hurt by our partner, we presume it was deliberate. Taking things personally is an adaptive aspect of our fight-or-flight reflex since it mobilizes us to act protectively. And this is a problem that I see as, like, sometimes we'll be in a fight. And it's like, don't take something personally. And it goes both ways. Don't take something personally. I didn't do something. I didn't do this to hurt you. You didn't clean the desk? <laughs> on pur- not clean the desk on purpose it, piss me off. It's a great example. You know I'm gonna have to clean the desk. It's a great example. We were late and I had to pack my bags for the flight so we could go to this one year old's birthday party. So no, I didn't do it to hurt you. I did it. Yeah, but you had all week to prep. Okay, but you understand it. You un- this is a good example because I actually do understand. I wasn't trying to hurt you with the desk. Yeah, but okay. Every that's fine. But every day 
when I ask you to clean something and I say, hey, look at it how my eyes would look at it and maybe do like a nice job. And honey, you did such a good job of cleaning this week. Guys, Tasha got rid of like 14 pairs of shoes. She, Yeah, you did a really good job, Tasha. Thank you. You're welcome. I filled that Dyson vacuum to the top. I had to recharge it like four times. Even if Those we're big dust bunnies, even if we're a bit unclear whether our partner purposely meant to hurt us, we nonetheless suppose he or she was perfectly willing to. After all, he or she is well aware of our desires or sensitivities, yet callously ignores them. It seems implausible that could have been accidental. <laughs> what we this is, sounds great, doesn't it? What you know, what we forget is that we can feel upset or wounded without our spouse intending that outcome. I mean, Tasha, it sounds like you're talking to me. If this sounds exactly, we nonetheless suppose he was perfectly willing. After all, he or she is well aware of her desire or sensitivities. He callously ignores them. Look, I don't ignore how you feel. It's it's something I maybe say if you want to talk astrology as a Taurus or whatever, as a guy who's got a little bit of ADHD, as a creative who's always thinking of new different fucking plots and plans. If we want to talk astrology, we have to talk about your stubbornness. There we go. Well, the point is, I so I'm recognizing all that, but what I'm saying is, you think that means I'm callously ignoring you? No, it just means I'm a guy. I think that when you won't listen to like my take on an idea or my plan or my hopes and dreams and all you want to do is interject your own, you're refusing to listen to anyone else and you won't shut up about your own stuff, that's stubborn. Yeah, I get, think that's intentional. Sure, and you probably get triggered and you think that I'm not for you when I'm for myself. Absolutely, Tasha. You got a good point there. I need to work on making sure I'm, I'm a big believer in your dreams, but also that I'm not just supportive of them, but helping you facilitate them. That's a good point, Tasha. Can we keep going? We're getting back to the Olympics. You're like this. You're looking at me like I'm making things up, like I'm like I'm being sarcastic. Making things up? No, I just want to see some action. Me and Amanda are in the same boat. I'm stepping back. And I need to see some action from you. I'm serious. Amanda, Five years is too long Amanda, to be in a Amanda, you see this shit that you're getting me into, Amanda? Better join the Patreon. You better listen to this and join the Patreon because, <laughs> boy, you're making... Look, okay, ready? Limbic activation is, unfortunately, why we hesitate to trust our partner's favorable deeds in the aftermath of conflicts. If we're still on alert when he or she extends an olive branch or complies with our requests, if we can't see into his or her heart, we doubt that positive responses are earnest. Um, under threat, our perceptions narrow to black or white categories. And that's the problem. So many things become me versus you when it needs to be us versus the problem to find a solution. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think in any relationship, it's important to notice it's even though like, and look, I mean, Hey guys, I know this sounds a little redundant, but just know that you're working against like primitive you know reactions within the nervous system and it's not easy but you're working against that fight or flight to say look we know we've chosen each other it's like it's like we've tattooed each other onto our hearts we've chosen each other our souls have sifted through billions of people tasha to sit in this prius together now let's go on the fucking ride together are you with me or not I'm <laughs> <laughs> like taking off in a Prius. <laughs> um, why is it so common that when couples fight, they make the absolute allegations of you always or you never? This isn't just a debate tactic. When the mind is steeped in fear or anger, it has trouble assessing sometimes. Yeah, wouldn't it be nice if you were instead like, sometimes... <laughs> 
you don't pick up after yourself. No, but it really is always. Oh big. yeah, you always right. I am king of the dishes. How many socks have I picked Are up? Are you kidding me? I've picked up thousands of socks for not having any children. I should not have to pick up socks on a daily basis. When we feel hurt, we view our partner as wrong. I'm just going to keep reading through these. We over-exaggerate new threats if we're insecure in our relationship. Do you feel insecure in the relationship? Does not being married make you feel insecure? Honest question. Not no, not being financially secure makes me feel insecure. Okay. Not having a house. Not having like steady the benchmarks, the things that you can sh- look at to successes say successes that are uh, that are gonna make you stick around and have money for a while. You don't you don't think that people would view this podcast we do as a success that we've been able to this communicate? This is absolutely a success, but this is not a financial success. This is like an emotional success. But it can be, and it, and we're wor- and and the good thing is, is that we're working towards the fact that we you know we're working towards getting you know the right PR people and getting in the right hands to say like what well, no we deserve you know we're having the conversations I think people our age should be having with regards to figuring out who we are being better for each other I mean we don't need to bring one more person into this earth till we can figure out ourselves I mean how many shitty people breed shitty kids that breed shitty fucking kids a ten thousand dollar Rolex <laughs> <laughs> That kid should be- definitely be on the Patreon. He should be on the $50 level. <laughs> Send that kid some soap. Uh, boy, we over-exaggerate new threats if we're insecure in our relationship. Um, the five processes just to cover... Um, uh, conditioned... F- sorry, guys. Conditioned fear causes neural stimuli to be perceived as dangerous. So, yeah, we've just conditioned a lot of things. We confuse our partner with people from the past. I mean, do you, do you think of ex-boyfriends when you think of me when we're fighting? You know, be honest. Like, do you have a specific ex that you that you think I am like when when we fight? You know, because I've yeah. been yeah. The, you the, cry. Well, not not so much anymore. Yeah, because I put my foot down. On yeah, it. which is too bad because I like to. I I, under, I understand. There's nothing wrong with expressing your emotions, but I believe that there are certain circumstances where like expressing your emotions is manipulative. Well, so you need to express your emotions either privately or under the right set of circumstances. Yeah, it's been interesting for me. I've had to learn to communicate with you when you pull away by letting you pull away. Whereas in the past, I've been able to use my words to like crack people to talk to me. In this case, that's still possible, but you you just require a certain amount of time to like chill out. And I've gotten a lot better at that, but you have to understand early on in the relationship, you pulling away to me was us breaking up every single time. So... <laughs> It still could be at any time. I understand that, but also your fucking limbics are flaring up. I need a limbic. Can we just develop a limbic uh, extinction? Do they have limbic massage? Like they have lymph massage. Wouldn't that be great if, if Tasha's limbics are just flaring up and I just, you know, pull out a limbic and it just, just hose you down limbically? Uh, we confuse our partner with people from the past. Um, blah, blah. When our needs are unmet, we view our partner as a foe. You know, this is something I see too because there's a lot of areas where you're not pursuing things I think you want to pursue and you think I'm a foe. And I, and I don't want to negate that feeling. I just want to, I want to build a, I want to, I want to, I want to make you never feel that way. I want to make you never feel like I don't want to help you get the most beautiful Instagram. I don't want to help you become a travel blogger. But you know how you do that? You start by not putting my ideas on the back burner. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know, I think part of the problem is I know and I've wrote this letter to you. I know where I want my li- I know 
my strategy you know for stand up actions on your own ideas yeah so much easier but if i'm spelling it out to you how we can take actions on my ideas and i just need some partnership some cooperation from you like i've already made it easy but if you said i understand i understand what you're saying but if you said all right dave i need you to mow i i want to be a lawn bowler but i need you to mow the lawn for me so i can be a lawn bowler i go I'm going to fucking mow this lawn for you every morning. I'm going to put my Bluetooth headphones in. I'm going to listen to some music on Spotify. And I'm going to mow the fucking lawn. That's easy. Mowing the lawn is easy. What you need from me is holy shit. I mean, I, I compiled a small list of photos that I have found on my laptop of you that I think are amazing. Stuff that you could post and get some interaction. And you hated them. And I'm like, I'm talking like some of the most beautiful images I've ever seen in my life. And you're like, ew, babe, I look like a fucking whore. Or whatever. No, I did not but say the point that. is, is that, is that I've, you know, the things I think I do to help, sometimes I feel curb stomped. But it, that's the thing, babe. And I'm trying to, I keep saying it over and over. I'm perfectly willing to tell you how you can best help me. I am telling you to mow the lawn. The problem is, is that you're trying to help me in your own way. It's like I told you to mow the lawn and you decided to trim the bushes. <laughs> For the real bu- though, this but, is a good analogy. Okay, but like, how, so what are you actually telling me to do? How can I help you? I, listen, are we going to have our same fight that we had over It's not a fight, again? baby. I'm asking you, how can I help you? Like, like, like be redundant. What, what can I do and, and what can I sort of get help our listeners do, right guys? Like, listen, I know you're not, you don't have to be invested the same way I am, but I see Tasha as a person who can do anything she sets her mind to. I think sometimes creatively our goals are so hard because it's not about becoming junior salesman of the year. That's a, that's a, you know, corporate worlds have easy goals. Sell them, rent the most cars out. Not necessarily easy goals, but goals with a clear cut path. Clear cut path. And with yours, it's like, I don't want you to have a million Instagram followers just to have it. I want you to travel the world. I want you to interview uh, people that take care of pandas in a sanctuary. I want you to do the things that you love. You love animals. You love connecting and traveling. And you've got your unique voice and your unique who you are. Tasha-ism. You've got your Tasha-ism. Now, of course, that, you know, just showing a well-placed butt photo isn't going to lead to that. But if you show, you know, you know, you know, the most beautiful kind of happy versions of yourself doing what you love, then that's a start. And maybe using Instagram as an example, we just make one minute long videos. You know, like I, you know, in, you know, we, we filmed all these things going to Tahoe and this and that. And like, I, I get overwhelmed too. I'm not an, an editor. I can, I can throw some shit at the wall. I can make a, you know, a video of Boone, you know, doing some ASMR and shit like that. But like, I struggle with how I can help you too. For your Sports Illustrated audition, we made you this video and people still come up to me. Uh, Azra, she's got a big following. She does yoga. She she, uh, she follows you. She like loves you. She goes, oh my gosh, that video you guys made of Tasha was fucking insanity. That was gorgeous. That was amazing. You think it looked like shit. I'll never change that opinion in you, Tasha. You think that video we made looks like I didn't think it was all like terrible, but I thought shit. the audio was really bad. It was super windy and we were standing if the clouds rolled in like a storm rolled yeah, in you and looked, there was no fucking light on my face and I looked frozen. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I understand all that, but with that said, we made you look the way you deserve to be show to the world, which is beautiful. And Except for the interview portion. Fine, sure. Yeah, but 
you know, we, we, we did our best and people still come up to me telling me how great it was. And we never got that from you. And part of that was your own sort of perfection. Of course, perfection is the enemy of good. Yeah. But if it's my Instagram, my page, I am entitled to have it be the way I want to be it. So at the end of the day, the person who's opinion matters most is mine and I'm not one of those people that's going to be an over-the-top ridiculous perfectionist to the point of self-sabotage but I do think that when I'm saying hey I need this from you x y and z I need a photo in this location I need it to look like this I need it to be vertical instead of horizontal and I need you to shoot it from waist height so that I don't look fat those are simple things I can ask of you that you can just do now now if now if we were to shoot together i would say that would be 90 percent, and then i would say look as someone who consumes beauty who sees beauty my whole life as somebody who's limbic flares my my limb limp dick <laughs> my limp dick flares when i see beauty and i see it in you and i've seen it in you since the day i met you okay honey and i know when i see beauty in you but how are you going to establish trust by first giving me what I want well, and what I need no, this consistently is a, so that I know I can trust you, I can trust your eye, I can trust you to give me what I want and not just what you wanted? It's a good point. We need to get on the same page and have enough time so that we can do 90% the things you want, like the safe things, the things that you want that are going to look good. And I can say, hey, let's try this. I love it when you laugh out of your mind you 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 cock your head back and you get your little female adam's apple pops out and you go, ha, ha. you do this laugh it's um it's amazing you would never in your mind post that photo on your instagram you just wouldn't do it because you're picking out all the little things but as a whole you're a special human being okay so when i tell you you're a special human being and you don't acknowledge it i feel rejected as the spirit within me feels rejected that i'm saying no no, no, no. i'm telling you I'm not telling you you're beautiful and the things I love about you for no reason. I'm telling you, you've spent your whole adult life, even in your childhood, you've done it, you've modeled your whole life. You've spent this whole time kind of dampening Natasha. And I have too. I'm raised Catholic. I have a hard time doing act outs on stage. I have a hard time being goofy. I do. I have a hard time being, you know it. You know there's certain things I have a hard time kind of getting to that next level with. And my whole thing as an adult is like, what are we on this fucking earth for if we can't push out of these shells and and become the fucking butterflies, but we're still living, you know, we're still, yeah, it's a little spacious in the cocoon. We can move around a little bit, but let's fucking cunt punt our way out of it or get our limp dicks and fucking skull crush our way through this, you know, cocoon. And that's what I want from you because I see it as, with us personally, but I don't see it on your Instagram. I told you that Vic um, was going to send me the the number info for a hypnotist, right? Oh, jeez. Vic, send me that number. We got we got, uh, we got, to get out of here. We're at an hour. But I think I want, you know, we didn't get to finish the article, but I think the article is interesting, right? Yeah. So look, what I want from us. And again, I don't want this to be like I'm teaching you therapy. This is for both of us to go, okay, let there be science that happens when we fight. Let there I be. I can't wait till the next time you come home from work and you're like jabber jawing, telling me some stupid story that matters none to me, and you're getting upset because I'm answering a work email. I'm going to shut down your limbic system right then. Shut and there. it down. Tell me though. 
Damn, shut down your limbic system. Go take a lap. <laughs> because look, it's like when it's like when women a lot of times women will post like, Oh, my Uber driver won't stop talking to me. You know, and I'll be like, I did that job, so fuck you. I know what it's like to be sitting alone in a car all day and the guy just wants to talk to a friendly person. So go fuck you. I just say that to random people, you know, like I understand. And sometimes yeah, I'll come home and I'll have some stupid story I want to tell you. But you know, you know, like, yeah, I understand. I I'll come home from stand up. And I'll have a ball of energy because I've been out doing my thing. Ah, 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 energy, energy, megahertz. Ah. And then I'll come home and you'll be watching some, you know, La Vida Loca fucking, you know, foreign film. And I and it's overwhelming. And I come into our small apartment. I totally get that. Now, the point is, is let's acknowledge the science of it and not treat each other as if we're enemies. I think that's the I think that's the power behind that. And I hope we've I hope we've illustrated that as we as we have this kind of teachable moment with ourselves, I hope we've illustrated that to you guys out there that let's not assume everybody hates us. Let's not assume everybody's an enemy. Just know that hey, we 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 were dealt the chips we were dealt. We had the parents we had. They tried the best they could, but we are imprinted with a lot of situations that are meant to protect us and it's counterintuitive you got to silence that there's love out there for everybody there's friendship and there's family there's loving family and it's all out there for us we need to be willing to kind of break through our own shell and not think everyone's out to get us and even when we're all rosy out there we still think people are out to get us somebody you know what i mean i sometimes you just gotta take off your backpack Take off your backpack and shove that limbic dick into that limbic pussy. What's wrong with you? I wanted to play a sample of my conversation with Jonesy, but we're already at an hour. I'm going to do that. So Jonesy and I... Jonesy does weird AF news. So he, he a couple times a week, he just reads weird news and riffs on it. So the last two months, Jonesy's come over to our place and we go, I go, look, bro, I can only do an hour. Okay. I can only do an hour. Then we start reading the news and we start riffing back and forth and make wild claims. It is the most irreverent bullshit friendship in the world. But it, it so like we, we just released our, uh, our second month in a row on Patreon and it's on Jonesy's Patreon and it's also on our Patreon and it's just added content. I'm going to play a couple minutes. I'll play like a 10 or 15 minute clip from what we what we did this past month, but it's just like we literally can't keep it under 2 hours because we're we're just having so much fun and my whole thing with this podcast people always say, "Oh, how long should it be for the, you know, highest percentage of listeners?" Well, fuck it. Look, if you're on the Patreon, you got time to kill, you enjoy our company, you're going to love this extra content. Tasha and I, we've got uh, car casts. I've got solo episodes. Uh, I'm going to be releasing another one this Friday. So I'm releasing uh, at least three to four hour long plus episodes a month. And the promise was that I would do two. So I'm double. We're double delivering. Okay. Um, I'd love to get a tier for Tasha just to do. If you ever, if anyone has any suggestions for content they want from Tasha, let me know, and we'll put her on the spot and we'll make her do it. If you want to do a Lyme <laughs> updates, if you want to do a health podcast, whatever you want to do, it's it's yours. You can do video, audio, blog, whatever you want to do. If anyone has any suggestions or any dares that they want Tasha to do on the Patreon, um, short of her showing them titties, although we could probably get a couple extra bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show my dick. I'll show my limb dick. Um, anyway, uh, anything you want to say? No. I'll see you in Boston, Tasha. Okay. See you at 6 a.m. All right. In Boston, unless my flight dies and then this podcast goes super viral. <laughs> Finally, Jeez, they're going to share what's this. What's wrong with Some you? Some Boeing 737 Air Max blows up. Local blows up. independent podcaster. <laughs> I didn't share you the Patreon password, so you better be nice to me. <laughs> you want to know what the Patreon password is. Anyway, you good? 
Yeah. All right. We're going to get out of here. Um, I'm, I'm going to play a clip from my chat with Jonesy, and that'll be the episode. So I hope you guys all have a good one. And again, please write in sexactuallypodcast at gmail.com. Let me know if, if stuff like this is uh, makes any sense to you guys. Uh, thanks again for everybody who came to the last uh, Mimosa stand-up show. Kyle, Vic were there. The funniest part was Vic, right? How funny was that? When, um, uh, you know, fuck, I'll play that too. Okay, here's what I'll do. I'm going to play the part where I chat with Vic and I... I uh I ask her Don't spoil. Don't spoil it, just play it. Yeah. Okay, I hope they can hear it. It's 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 a quick quip. But anyway, we love our listeners, the ones that can come to the live shows, it's amazing. If you can't, just we you know we really appreciate you guys supporting the Patreon. Um I, again I don't I don't joke around when I say every time someone joins we get an email and I immediately text Tasha and tell her we send postcards to all of our new listeners. So Sophia, uh Sophia or Sophia? Sophia? Sophia. Uh, expect a postcard in the mail this week. We're going to send it. Actually, we're going to send it from Boston. We're going to send it from the East Coast. Fuck it. Uh, so you get a postcard from us. And it's just a quick way for us to tell you that we appreciate you. And I'm rambling. But uh, here's uh, my chat. Uh, we'll do a quick bit with Vic. Oh, this just means I got more work I got to do. Can I just tell him? No. Okay, fine. We'll play the quick bit from the stand-up show. Which, by the way, did we even mention what the fuck happened to the stand-up show? Jesus Christ. We didn't even talk about that. Well, we did. When? Uh, with Oh, last Liz. episode? Jesus Christ! Yeah. So anyway, the stand-up show. I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try to air as much of it as I can on the actual podcast. But um, it was kind of a shit show. Um, I'm on the Patreon. You know, we put the stand-up show on the Patreon as well. It was a shit show. Anyway, here's our chat with Vic. Um, we did some crowd work with Vic during the show, and then afterwards, here's my uh, a segment from my chat with Jonesy. Again, all available on the Patreon.com/slash/thesap. That's Patreon.com/slash/thesap. Bye, everybody. Bye. Speaking of penises, let's do the dildos, Tasha. Are you guys ready? Give up for Tasha Parker. Come on up, everyone. Tasha, 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 Tasha. Yes, no Kajiri. Tasha, Tasha, Tasha. All right, what do we have? What's the first dildo we're giving away? We have Eve's vibrating butterfly pump. And uh, I, I feel like we have to give these sex toys. By the way, uh, the first uh, the first sex action podcast show that we had, Victoria actually received a sex toy. Have you used it? I've gotten two, and the one is really good. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, here's a story from, uh, this is kind of related to me and my background. I don't know if you've ever heard of Market Basket. Fucking right, Market Basket. Dude, you got Market Basket Everyone, in Rhode Island? Every, no, it's a bought by my cousin Timmy, who from Uber, would always be like, dude, you got to buy that Market Basket. They got the best prices. Dude, fucking Market Basket. So my mother has worked at Market Basket for 30, probably 30 years. It's illegal to pronounce it correctly with an R, right? I think you can't. If you say market you basket, say, yeah, that, fired. Dude, if you're, you're like fired. undercover as a cop and you're like, yeah, we're going to go over to market basket. They're like, what do you know? Who are you? <laughs> dude, I'm in market. I'm in market. No, you said market. <laughs> you did say market. You're off the case, you're Barry. You're off the case, Barry. <laughs> you're under suspicion. <laughs> Come on. Market basket. So uh, shoppers report seeing a ghost roam in the aisles of a Massachusetts <laughs> grocery store. <laughs> now, uh, let me read the article. <laughs> Typically, the scariest thing you'll encounter at a grocery store is long lines at the checkout or an expired coupon. Coupon. Uh, as we say in Boston, coupon. 
For shoppers in Wilmington, Mass., it's an apparition that appears to be a young woman in Victorian clothing. A members-only page on Facebook dedicated to local events and possible coyote sightings in the area has the community buzzing after several people reported seeing a young woman between the age of 17 and 30 with light skin, dark hair, and blue eyes and out-of-fashion clothes wandering the aisles of Market Basket on Main Street. One shopper, according to Patch.com, is familiar with her as she used to visit her home while she lived near the store. The post shared on the social media page has, has residents either laughing or admitting to seeing this ghostly figure over and over again nearby this Wilmington Market Basket. Well, how do you feel about ghosts, Dave Neal? I think this is bullshit. <laughs> Look, if you think you see a Victorian, Victorian era dress you're just dealing with some hipster from brookline <laughs> <laughs> a hipster from Book- brookline yeah just for sure a fucking hipster from well, for brookline. harvard square fucking a man Dude, she's buying her clothes at the uh savers uh, <laughs> so but, but you know what what is the deal with so if let's assume we have a let's uh, the, the the jury's still out on this but we have a spirit that's that's inhabiting our vessel our body so when you pass the spirit leaves your body in in what world is the spirit then still wearing your clothes, dude? The spirit, uh, first of all, yeah, <laughs> get the fuck out of yeah, here. With change this, outfits once in a go- while. There, I, you know. Look, at, I'm not saying Samantha. there's no spirits. Okay, I'm not saying there's not a mystery, other reality out there going on. I believe in the spiritual world, but uh, shouldn't that spirit be naked? The spirit would be pure light or pure yeah, energy. An orb, it's, correct. It's an orb. The spirit is is outside of culture. It doesn't wear the clothing from the Victorian age. Yeah, the spirit didn't say, I'm not ready to move on to the next world, so here I am in my favorite dress. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm here I am in my ref- favorite Victorian era I job. refuse to be reincarnated into any future body or modern body because I've seen the fashion in the 21st century and I'm not about it. I love my Victorian shoes and my Victorian dress and I'm sticking with it. No, that's not how this works. It's, also, why is a Victorian era chick shopping at Market Basket? So, first of all, th- this Market Basket is post-Victorian era. Look, look, I like the idea of, of ghosts walking through walls because they see it the way it used to be. Like, I, I'm cool with that side of thing. But, yeah, I also I agree. Like, your logic with the outfit. It's like, all right, well, what do you... It should just be like an aura, like an aura that you feel that's drifting. Because I, I do believe, like, a spirit might be lost or trapped between dimensions. 100%. Why not? Because I'm on board with the that second too. we die... Our body starts to atrophy, and you know what I mean. Like they've haven't they proven that like when you weigh a body as it's dying, like you can weigh at the actual spirit leaving. That could be wrong, but I read that. They name. do say that. I have seen that. But before. it's like the idea that the only thing keeping us together is our spirit. Once that's gone, with the thing, everything just you know what I mean. The heart stops beating. But like also, yeah, am I going to be, or like am I going to if I die, am I going to be in these tight short shorts and shitty shoes? Are you, are you? Is your spirit like? Listen, man, I'm. I really love this year's Air Jordans, and I'm not moving on from that. What if? Uh, what if we died right now, and then our ghosts are just podcasting the whole time? <laughs> Dude, there's these two uh, Victorian era <laughs> bros talking we're, about market basket, wearing headphones, talking about they just coffee. They appear at my kitchen table randomly, and they just start <laughs> recording a podcast, <laughs> talking to each other for two hours. Sign up for their Patreon. <laughs> they got a good deal. <laughs> the ghost of Patreon. Oh, Jesus, man, that's so fucking funny. Don't you ever wonder though? Like we're we're here in the present, but somebody's listening to this in the future. That's what's crazy. Listen, who knows? You might be listening to this shit well after the U.S. has been fucking torn to pieces or some you know meteor hit. So I guess in a way, it 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 is like they're listening to ghosts on a podcast. Dude, I want a TV show where the, the only premise is nothing survives, nothing except one memory card, 
that's got all of my podcast episodes. So yeah. these, these futuristic people, they just find out everything about our country based on the Sex Actually podcast. Hey, that's a great idea for a story. In other words, they find maybe, um, you know, when you find one of those time capsules? Yeah. So maybe there's this like limited time capsule. There's like four objects in it. There's like a, there's like a Hakeem Olajuwon rookie card and uh, your, your podcast on a disc, all the episodes on a hard drive, on a flash drive, and maybe like, I don't know, two other things that you can imagine. And then they try and piece together the world using basically your podcast. Or, or how about this? What if like, what, okay, okay, I'm with you. We're, impro- we're improvising here. What if like, you know, our, our, our earth has a sphere of sort of like a gravitational pull, but, but there's like, you know, the ozone, you know, the, there's a hole. And the only thing that shoots out of our sphere is the RSS feed of this podcast. So other alien places, the only frequency they get is our podcast and they're huge fans. Like, we're like kings of Earth to them, because uh-huh. this is it. And they're like, oh, shit, these two dudes have been broadcasting out of Silver Lake, California. <laughs> you know what I mean? And we're just like, duh. I love the idea of the R- only the RSS feed leaving the planet. Because well, I've had this premise before, where imagine <laughs> imagine if, like, you got a podcast, right? And you only get 900. You only get 8,000 down. You get 8,000 downloads. But you come to find out there's, like, a society, say, like, in Utah, like some Mormon society that doesn't let any internet or anything. But one guy snuck in this podcast. So the 9,000 people, they all know, ju- like, you're the only entertainment they get. The only outside world and then you randomly you know filling up your gas on the way to somewhere and everyone starts looking at you like you're famous because you are in that town that's wild um it reminds me of a documentary called uh what is it called finding sugar man yeah you know about this yeah did you see this documentary? no i haven't it's a very similar situation but it's like a city it's like a town in africa that loves this hip-hop right uh, no it's not a hip-hop he's a folk singer oh uh for some reason this small si- country or whatever was flooded with his albums and they were so popular and they were played on all the radio stations there but nowhere else in the world not even in the u.s which is where he's from i think he lives in detroit sugar man uh what the fuck's his name uh i can't remember uh so rodriguez cisco rodriguez is his name so he and he doesn't know about this because it takes they assume that because he didn't put out any albums after two that he died so the the whole documentary is about a former radio DJ in this country and another big fan of the guy's music. Watch this. They is it on tr- HBO? They track him down. He's working construction in Detroit. Jeez. And they go, dude, are you still making music? We ha- we want to know when your when your new album's coming out or if you're gonna go on tour. And he's like, I don't even play that anymore. I'm, I'm I do construction. So then they he gets to get gets a band and they bring him back to the country and they do these huge sold out shows with him it's fucking fantastic this is why people have to share the podcast you know what i mean <laughs> this is perfect you might yeah. be you might be you're you're appreciating jonesy and dave over here but you might find out we got to go back to our construction jobs where i'm sleeping in the attic and and you know because they're you know it, it's it's up to you guys this is a catholic guilt i'm letting you know it's up to you guys <laughs> to share but thank you for subscribing uh, share you should you should donate to the patreon too and tell your friends to do so i got one more story dave last one Let's do the last one, yeah. Martini story. The S.A. 